Epic. Okay, we're here to talk about Kong Skull Island. What? Welcome, everybody, to episode two of the Parker Chronicles podcast, where we review movies in all sorts of forms. We don't we don't hold punches here. To my, I gotta look at the other screen. To my left or right is the co-host, my brother in arms, Nemesis Angel, and our guest for the second week is none other than the best couple on Twitch, DNA Gaming. Thank you for joining once again. No, thank you for having us. And hopefully for the again. hopefully and hopefully for the next couple weeks as well as we finish out the the MonsterVerse. Today is. A great day because I love this movie um, and I can't wait to talk about it. Today we are talking about Kong Skull Island uh, released March 10th, 2017 directed by Jordan Voigt Roberts who is uh, let's see, what's, what's, what is the other stuff that he has directed before this? Probably should have done that research. Um, he is most famous for a movie called The Kings of Summer. Never seen it. I've heard good things about it. Um, but also, I think most important is he is slated to be the director, or he is the director of the upcoming Metal Gear Solid movie, um, starring Oscar Isaac as Snake. Also, um, this came out on the 18th of April, is he is set to direct a Gundam movie for Netflix and Legendary Pictures, which I, I, I'm i I'm guessing you guys are very excited. I don't know. I'm not a Gundam guy. I don't know much about Gundam, but, uh, I mean... Why are you shaking your head? More Gundam just, and... <laughs> just kidding. And kaiju movies. Let's bring, just bring it all on. Yeah. Well, I'm optimistic for him because of how this movie turned out, but I just... I just I just hope they do it right. I just got a feeling they're just going to screw it up like they do every time they get their hands on us. We can do it, but we could do it better. And they're like completely change the tone or the message of this film. Yeah. And it, I just, I don't know. We'll see. Right. No, I get it. Uh, like, sorry about that. Um, so what are your, uh, what are your thoughts on this movie? Let's start with, uh, oh. with our guests. You have thoughts. You should say words. I do have thoughts. <laughs> I liked it a lot. Like, the whole—I don't want to give away too much. Let's good just say for, it's certain. Good for, it's good for no, you. No, no, no. Listen, listen. We're reviewing this. Listen. There's no. There's full spoilers. You can you can talk about whatever you want right now, and we're still going to talk about them later. So like just the, say what you want to oh, say. Oh, the first time you see, you really see Kong <sighs> with the helicopters. I get chills every single time. That's and you yeah. know Tom Hiddleston oh. is you know <laughs> he's a gorgeous man we know yes we know <laughs> um, it's the best interpretation of Kong since uh, nineteen sixty seven King Kong escapes okay I'll die on that hill All it's right. good and honestly when I'm going back and rewatching this uh, it, it's my order has slightly changed I still I still, I, still have, I think this is the best monster verse film it is in my opinion. Even though I've seen Kong's Godzilla vs. Kong twice, I think this is the best one. I'll, I'll, I'll put I, that back. I, on I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. This is a fantastic, fantastic. Before Godzilla vs. Kong, this was definitely my number one. All right, Nemesis hit me. We already talked about it today, but we need we the internet needs to know now. Uh, 
I don't even know where to start with this one. Um, I don't know. I like I like we talked about today. Um, it it even with the, just the start, like with them crash landing, it was just. I thought it was very well put together with how they started it to how it progresses into the entire story. I, it's almost like. I don't know, like when we talked about Godzilla last week, I just think how they started this movie was way bit more put together than Godzilla was. And that, and that, like she said, the entrance, even after the plane crash, that first initial entrance is even cool when he, when they're fighting with their little samurai sword and he puts his hands up. It's just gives yeah. me the chill. It's oh, pretty yeah. cool. I, the opening of this movie is fantastic. I love it. I love the, the the whole fight in the beginning um between uh Marlo and Gunpai Akari I probably just butchered that name but the Japanese pilot um which uh I got some trivia I got IMDb pulled up of course so I got some trivia about the movie so fun fact is that the actor who played young Marlo in the beginning of the movie is the same actor who plays his son at the end is it? I it had is. no idea. Yes, I looked on IMDb and it and it showed the 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 act. I don't I can't recall the actor's name, but it said Young Marlo and then whatever his son's name Will was. Will Okay, and I think it said Marlo's son because he didn't have a name. Um, but yeah, that's really cool. And also, Brie Larson doubles as one of the natives on Skull Island. She greets the survivors with a spear. So she actually played like she's in the same scene with herself. You know, with I love when they do that, you know, and they don't say anything like you'll never know unless, you know, somebody is really looking for like a fine tooth comb. Like, oh, my God, is that Brie Larson? Like, it's crazy. I thought you were going to like they were going to say in the movie, like, hi, I'm Brie Larson. Me too. Nice to meet you. Um, Okay, my thoughts real quick. I, You know, I'm not going to say anything in detail, but uh, I love this movie. I I really love King Kong as just as a franchise. Um even like the Jessica Lang one back with Jeff Bridges, like it wasn't listen, it wasn't great, but it was still an enjoyable movie. But I, I grew, I mean, I love the original 1932 film. Um, I really do. I've seen it many times, weirdly enough. And I really loved Peter Jackson's remake of, of that film. I think he did a fantastic job. Um, you know, Andy circus, you know, being amazing as always doing the, uh, the motion capture for that. But, Another f- fun trivia on this movie is the actor who plays, um, I bl- how is it? it's not Conrad, who did we talk with? Chapman. It's Chapman. The actor who plays Chapman does the motion capture, capture for Kong as well. Really? He also did the motion capture for Koba in uh, Rise and what was the second one? Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. I had no idea. That's pretty yeah, cool. He does a lot of motion capture, but I, I just, I, 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 knowing that, yeah, knowing that, that before, probably. Knowing that before, oh, of course, somebody redeems hydrant and you have a water bottle on me. Um, but knowing <laughs> that before, and then like the scene um, where Chapman's washing himself up, and then Kong comes around the corner and he's got to run and hide on the rock, and just him looking at it. I always vision it's like him looking at himself, even though he doesn't see anything, of course, because of CGI. Yeah, yeah. But I just I thought it was really cool. It's just really cool to to know those know those facts. Um, hey, Brett. Yeah. How often do you uh, bathe with octopuses? Just question. <laughs> How often do I bathe with octopuses? Yeah, not, like clearly weekly... not an, clearly not enough. Clearly not enough. 
That's actually a reference. That's actually a reference to the original King Kong versus Godzilla, where he fights uh, Oodaku at the beginning of the film, oh, giant okay. octopus, before he gets high on the berry juice. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, every time I would watch like uh, some sort of video on like the original King Kong versus Godzilla, it just oh my lord! I love that they did incorporate, but that's for future reference. But. Um, yeah, it's funny as hell to watch. I love it. Old Godzilla and old King Kong. So good. I will get to that drink in a second. Chat, don't worry. I will not ignore yep. you this week. I felt like I ignored you a lot last week. We will be taking some small breaks periodically through the stream so I can recognize anyone who's in chat, drops follow subs, all that fun stuff. So bear with me, okay? If I if I get if I look too much over there, I will lose my concentration. And I will forget what the hell I'm talking about. So my apologies uh, ahead of time to everybody in chat. Um, all right, so you guys are you guys ready to break down this movie? I'm ready to break it down. Absolutely. Won't break into I mean, game. listen, this movie starts off with a bang. Like it's just fantastic. The whole plane crashing in the desert, which is funny enough, we never see again. Like. <laughs> There's this like giant desert area. Do we ever see it again in the movie? I thought it was supposed to be the beach. Oh, okay. Was it not it, the beach? It, it, it seemed, I don't know. Okay, maybe it was, but it seemed I like it was, it was just a, a it was just a desert. Like it just looked like a desert area. But it yeah, was cool it like them crashing into the desert. Um Wild Island has a lot of buried terrain, apparently. Yes, it's like all over the place. Um, but it's um you don't know who this character is yet. Uh, but it's an American uh, soldier during World War II and then uh, a Japanese, uh, uh, you know, pilot crashing and uh, they battle it out and it's pretty intense. Um, and then for some reason, when a guy takes out a samurai sword, for one, Marlo, who we find out who that's who it is, uh, his aim is terrible. Oh, God, yeah. Awful. The worst aim. I mean, he seen. just crashed in a plane. I don't. I understand. But I swear disorder. to God, I I could have hit one. Like he, it was like he was closing his eyes and didn't. Like when you you're a pilot in World War II, you're not taught how to shoot a gun. Like just the guns that are on the plane, not an actual gun itself. Magnum. Uh, That's all. You just he's just Magnum. Yes. And <laughs> I said he'd have a great interview for being a stormtrooper. Right. Exactly. <laughs> just throw him that uniform. We're good to go. Um. And yeah, so the uh, what was his name? Gunpei. 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 My 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 apologies for these terrible pronunciations. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he comes at him with his sword, or with, yeah, with the katana. My mistake. Uh, and uh, Marlo grabs grabs it with both hands. And there is a scene. Me me and Nemesis were talking about this earlier. There is a scene later which is probably one of the funniest scenes in this movie where I, I, I don't want to spoil it, but we're, we'll get to it, but it's just, it contradicts this whole thing of him holding this katana in his hand and him. Like, I feel like his hands just get sliced right off. But Depending on how, how much he grips that, you know, grips the, the, the blade. They fight. He knocks the sword out of his hand. And they're like fighting each other, rolling around. And then we see Kong for the first time, which is really fast compared to like how long it took us to see Godzilla. Uh, I mean, we did see him in the beginning of the movie, but it was like we said, it was his sails coming out of the water. You know who he is. Um, it was, but Kong's uh, like appearance with his hands, just slam it. 
such good cinematography. And I, I think that's something that all four of these films have so, like are so good at, regardless of how mediocre some of these stories are. The it, the cinematography and the CG on these creatures are just fantastic. And this scene just makes me so pumped. It like fills me up with a general adrenaline, and I'm just like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Where Godzilla really didn't have that for me. Like it, I was excited for the movie, of course, but this movie just got me like. That one scene, I was like, well, let's go. Kong comes out, and I was I was hooked. Um, fun fact, in this movie, Godzilla is it or King Kong, this is the tallest he's been in a film before before Godzilla versus Kong. Because he stands at he stands at 104 feet in this film. No. Uh, this is not the tallest he's been then. Okay. Thank you. Um, but yeah, in this film, he stands at 104 feet feet which they make him seem so much bigger compared to what you'll see later like i feel like they made him bigger in the next the next time we see him but you can't really it's like you're kind of looking at it's like he kind of seemed bigger in kong Kong skull island even though he's like triple the size now yeah it's a weird thing but yeah so he's he's a he's a tall boy um then it goes to Washington, where we meet John Goodman's character. Uh, uh, is it Rhonda? Randa? Randa. Bill Randa, Randa? and Corey Hawkins yeah, um, plays Brooks, who, fun fact, we will see again in the next film, even though a lot of people didn't know uh, the character, at least, not the actor, of course, um, which I didn't know until I saw uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters for the second time. I didn't realize yep. that that was that, that, but we'll talk about that next week. Uh, but we meet, uh, we meet Randa and Brooks who are, uh, they work for Monarch, which we found out who they, they were. They're an organization that pretty much studies these, you know, these giant creatures and, you know, pretty much they're a, a very underground government agency that not a lot of people know about. Um, and they, uh, John Goodman and Brooks have been, doing a lot of studies about well i know that brooks has been doing a lot of studies on hollow earth this is where we first find out about hollow earth about how under you know under the under the earth there is another world pretty much and there's these tunnels that a lot of these um creatures travel you know how they can travel between you know places so fast um and they need to go talk to a senator right Yes. To see, to get like funding to go to this island that they found um, that is, has never had people go to pretty much. Um, And pretty much the government's like, yeah, you guys are crazy. You guys are lunatics. Like, I need, like, no, no way. And then he, of course, persuades them. And then at the end, after literally having to like pull on like the smallest thread to get him to go. Then he's like, "Hey, can I get a um, can I get some military escort?" I was like, "Yeah, one more favor, (laughs) one more favor." I mean, I think I feel like the the thing that really persuaded him was like I don't think it was working at first until he brought up that in a couple days I think the Russians were going to get that same image that they got of the island. Yeah, and he was like, "We need to find out what's on this island before they get this image and they do the same thing." And he was like, "You know what? What you said is uh, I don't want to admit this, but it's." Could make sense. Got to beat the Ruskies. Yep. 
And so after that, uh, we turn to now we're in Vietnam, um, where we meet uh, all of the many characters of this movie. This is one gripe I have with this movie is there's so many characters that we all have so to try to. Good. I yeah, but there's some where you're like, I I just feel I like you guys. I, I mean, I'm okay with having a handful of characters because you can try to you can try to like attach yourself and care more about them. I feel like there's just way too many, like way too many where you could have maybe like a few soldiers that survived, not 10. Plus you have John Goodman's character, Randa, you have Brooks. You have my least favorite character. You have the scientists and yes, we will. We will talk. We will talk very much about. I've never hated someone. I like so much in my life. So Samuel, we meet Samuel Jackson, his character, uh, who is probably my least favorite character that Samuel L. Jackson has ever portrayed. Wow. Really? I hmm. don't like, like, I, I don't know. I feel like he's just like, let's be realistic here. I understand this guy has been at war for a long time and, you know, he's messed up. He, he literally, war is all he knows. And, but the fact that when they get to the island and Kong, you know, does his thing and he's literally like, he's seeking vengeance on a 104 foot tall gorilla. Like, I understand like people can lose their minds, but like, I even, I think like, I, there's no chance. Like, what am I going to do? Like, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of, of, of his character in this movie. I, you know, I don't hate it. Um, but I think his intentions, like after everything happens is kind of ridiculous, but these movies are all kind of ridiculous in their own ways. Um, but yeah, we meet, uh, we meet his character, uh, Packard and we meet, uh, Jack Chapman, um, who is pretty much just wants to get home to his family. Yeah. Uh, and then we meet all the other soldiers, which there's just so many. Um, yeah, let's go down the list of 38. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's only like what of the, of the soldiers there's only what there's uh, Mills, Cole uh, Slivko and Re- Re- uh, Relays Relays and then there's the there's only like there's yeah, there's only a handful of them it just seems it just I don't know well there were so many until they start crashing and like half of them <laughs> yeah, but, but you go when you watch the movie you can kind of tell by just how they interact which ones are going to be the significant ones for the rest right, of the right, film right, right, there's right. only like what Five Listen, of them, maybe. I, I want to. Yeah, I, I want to just point out. I am being super picky about this. I love this movie. I just want to remind everybody this. I love this movie. I don't hate these characters. There's a lot of them though, and I'm trying no. to like care about them each in their own way. But there's sometimes where like a character would die, and I'd be like, okay, the I was actually the quite okay with this. Blend. Um, like all those soldiers, they definitely blend together. Like I feel like they did. They did a good job picking people that personalities kind of like yeah 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 i think the two you know, but, yeah the two characters definitely that i was not a huge fan of are the two scientists that survive yeah um uh, what was his name landsat steve and uh victor Nye. we'll just call him victor um and yeah those guys were just those guys I think brought that whole core group down because yeah like the soldiers do they do blend and they're they all have a good rapport with each other and I thought they all had a good chemistry um but yeah and then there's those two what's that 
And then there's those two scientists. You're like, why are they here? Yeah. I mean, they were just. Yeah. I don't even know how to explain them. I think you don't even have to. I think if you watch the movie, you understand. They're death fodder. That's all they were. Yep. Um, and so they're very excited. You know, they are, the war is, you know, you know, they, the war's over, um, and they are excited because they get to go home to their family and man, uh, Samuel Jackson is not about this, man. He, he's hoping something happens. Packard is ready for more and he gets a phone call saying, Hey, we got a mission for you. And he, of course, is not even going to hesitate and accepts. Um, I don't know if I jumped, if I jumped past the whole meeting of, um, Brie Larson and Tom Hiddleston's character, but that's what we're going to get to. So John, um, Randa and Brooks need to find a tracker, right? Yep. And so they go to this bar and man, we find Loki there, but he's clean. He's got a nice short haircut and he's beating people up with, with pool cues. I was like, okay, that, I guess we had to have something to show this guy's a badass. And I, to be honest, if I walk, if you walk into a room, you see Tom Hilston automatically. I know he's a badass. I don't need him to be beating people up with pool cues, but you know what? It happened and we, we move on. Um, so yeah. So the funny thing is, is, uh, the, the Randa doesn't, didn't get a lot of money for this. He got enough money to get to the Island, but somehow can afford whatever this guy's asking. I mean, he, uh, <laughs> Conrad was, he was like a special service person for the British or something. Yeah, so that's yeah, yeah. He was, so pretty much a, he was pretty much a professional, like that's what his job was, right? He was a professional tracker for the British, for, yeah, the British government. Um, uh, and then we meet Brie Larson's character, Weaver, who is a photographer, a war photographer, pretty much, um, a war photographer who takes like is trying to make the Americans look bad. Is that was that her whole thing? Yeah, that was the big thing at the time. You know, the whole uh, anti-Vietnam War right, thing, right, and that was right, her right, right. One of my favorite lines in that movie was when she gets to the boat, and he's like, "Oh, Mason's a woman," and she's like, "The last time I checked, <laughs> this is that that part there." I mean, I understand. So this is the seventies. Early 70s, this is right after the Vietnam War. Um, so, you know, a lot of these movies that are period pieces, sort of, you know, this has got a very, you know, it's a foggy period piece because it's not based in reality. But, you know, women be, you know, having these type of jobs was kind of like a shock to most people. So the line, like, I, I just, that one, when he says that line, I automatically was like, I'm going to hate this character the entire movie. This is a character who's going to, if he perishes, I'm not even going to care. Like, I'm not even going to react. Um, so yeah, so, uh, they get hired for their jobs. She gets a phone call and she goes to the boat, um, to join the mission. Um, and they, is this the, is this the part where they just go on the boat? Like when they get there, do they just go on or was there like meetings between people beforehand? Yeah, they talk a little bit about what the plan is when they get there. They have the whole meeting where they got one half of the room is the Landsat, the other one's the military, and right. then introduce everybody yes. what the plan is on the island by using the seismic charges and such. And, yeah. and, as, and as Slifko is like, 
hey guys, we're scientists now, which I love it. And then the other guy, and then the guy had can't stand is just like, you guys aren't scientists. And I'm like, did you have to say it? You're you're an adult. It's like a childish, idiotic <laughs> thing to say. Like, who cares, dude? This dude has just been fighting in a really ridiculous war, and um, he, you know, he's he's just excited. Okay, leave him alone. Um, <laughs> God, this guy. I don't even remember. Does he even die? I don't even remember. I know the other one does, but Jesus, <coughs> this freaking dude. Um, a lot of them do. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people. Um, we meet John Ortiz's character, uh, Victor. Um, he's the one who does the um, talks about, you know, everything they're going to be using. They're going to be using the seismic charge. Brooks talking about that too, about kind of the Hollow Earth theory ish, you know, in a way. Um, and Chapman talks about, you know, the military things that they're going to do once they get to the island. Um, and is this where do they find out about the storm? in this presentation too about how there's a storm around the island okay yeah they discuss it yeah yeah so they yeah so there's a storm around the island and they got to find some way to get in there and that's what they got the military escort for and this is crazy they um yeah there's a scene where uh conrad and uh brie larson's character uh mason they meet up he's like down in the where they're storing the seismic charges yeah she's looking at yeah she asks him like do you think this is why they're really going there? Right. I, I kind of, I forget what exactly what he says, but he's pretty much like, no, I don't think that. Yeah. Um, and so now they are on the boat and they are heading towards um, the edge of the storm and we get a cool, I mean, I guess some people say cool. Some people be like, this is kind of weird is the montage of like everything, like everybody having a good time on the boat and her taking pictures, of everybody and having a good time. And, I guess it's 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 one of those things you kind of just add. It's it's just there to kind of give you some time frame between like how yeah. long it's taking them to get to the island, uh, and they get to the edge of the storm, and Victor's like, "Hell no, this is gonna be bad." Like, I, we're we're aborting, and John, John Goodman was like, "No, we're not. We got all the way here, and if I go home and do nothing, it's not gonna be good. They're never gonna give me money again." He doesn't say that, but that's pretty much that's the, the point. Whole, that's the whole gist of it. Um, and so they're, and then Samuel Jackson's like, I got you guys. We're doing this. I'm here too. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do whatever the hell we got to do. And everybody starts prepping, gets on the, the choppers and the best line, even though I just, I, I don't like his character much in this movie. He says a line that really hits me straight to the heart. The Pennsylvania as, as they as they as they start to get ready to go, he says, "All right, everybody, hold on to your butts." And I was like, "Yes!" I was so excited. Uh, if no one knows that reference, it is a line he says in Jurassic Park. Um, and oh god, I mean, a lot, yeah, if you're like, really- a lot of people are like it's so stupid that you really use a line from another movie. No, it's not. It's cool. No. It's been like 25 years. Yeah. Let's relax. Yeah. All right. When he brings up, it hits you close to home with your football team too. If uh, you think about the line he says when he's on the helicopter about how it's the Pennsylvania Pennsylvania steel and that it's not going to melt. Right, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and he we got somebody we got somebody in the chat right now who is a huge fan of this movie. So he's he's throwing me facts in the chat. Um, and yeah, so the next thing he does is as they're flying through this crazy ass storm, everyone is scared out of their minds. He is literally calm as hell. 
talking about the story of Icarus, about uh, a boy who gets wings made from his father, um, made out of wax tails, not to fly too close to the sun. And he's like, hell no, I'm going, I'm going high up. And then they melt and then he crashes to the ground and dies. It's a really cool scene. I love that. He's just so calm telling the story as everybody yep. is like, we're going to die. Like we're going to die. And then they clear the storm and it's just this beautiful, this beautiful scenery of, of the Island. Um, so the, um, majority of this film was film or the majority of this film was filmed uh, in Kauai, which is where they where a lot of the Jurassic Park films were direct or were filmed. Um, most recently, the Jurassic, uh, the first Jurassic World. I don't think Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom was. Um, God damn, that movie sucks. Uh, so yeah, so we see this. <laughs> That's a bold claim. Carry on. <laughs> well, Fallen Kingdom. Okay, we'll get to yeah. that. We'll get to that later. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sign me up on that one. <laughs> so we get to the island you see this beautiful scenery everyone is like oh my god and they start dropping the seismic charges which are just bombs like these things are just literally they're just like they are just dropping bombs on this island they've never been to um you get the cool scene where it's like the 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 gunner is standing on the side of the the chopper with his uh aviator glasses on and it shows like the reflection like him yeah, yeah. really like into it as like everything is blowing up around him. And then, Oh, this scene is so good. You just see a tree. You see that uh, the pilot going, what's that? As a giant tree flies through the air and just slams through the windshield. And then you get the, a lot of slow-mo in this movie, but it, I think it fit. It wasn't like unnecessary. Like you see some movies and you're like, why did they have to go slow-mo? There's that? only one, one part that we'll get to later. That is unnecessary. Yes. Yes. Slow-mo. Yes. Yeah. But so we get that cool, like shot where the tree goes through the, the chopper and then it's like slow motion. And then everyone is like, Oh my God, what's going on. And then they see in the distance with a cool silhouette is Kong standing there ready to go. And then for the next Oh man, this seems seems like it was so long and it was so good. It just kept on yep. going and I was enjoying every minute of it of Kong just just wrecking <laughs> house. He's literally destroying all these choppers. Um we get a really cool scene where he grabs uh he grabs one of them and I believe the the back of the chopper, the blade slices him in the hand. Yeah, yeah. Which I love that they always go back to it. Like it's not like it happens and then you you know, it never you don't see anything with it again. It was just kind of a, a part of that scene that was like, oh, oh, shit. It literally comes up again of him, you know, cleaning the wound. And you're like, that's so cool. I'm glad that people pay attention and, and you know, continue. Oh, man, this scene is just so good. So, yeah. So Kong destroys all the choppers. Um, And everybody's on the ground. And that's where. You know, everybody's calling each other, seeing who's alive and all that. And uh, Samuel Jackson is just staring at Kong as fire is billowing around him. He is he is he is set for revenge on Kong for killing his men. And um, I liked I liked his character up until this part. And then after that, it just kind of gets crazy. Um, but like I've said many times, I love this movie, so I don't care. 
Anything you guys want to add? I feel like I've talked a lot. I can add, I can give you a break if you need to for a minute. Sure. Go for it. I can talk about Kong. Go for it. (laughs) I can talk about the fact that why are they still um, trying to attack Kong knowing that he's taken out over half of their people? I'd be like, nope. Full-hearted, full-hearted determination. <laughs> yep. I would have noped out of there real quickly. <clears throat> um, I was going to say, the this version of Kong, why well, I like this version. I mentioned it last podcast, but I wanted to talk about this because uh, the version of Kong is, this is one of my favorites because it's based on the old Toho Kong from the uh, Japanese got King Kong versus Godzilla and then King Kong raised, I don't know what King Kong raised again. God. <laughs> wow, I'm thinking of Godzilla raised again. Um, God, what the heck is it? I just blanked the name of that movie. Anyway, I'll remember it. The second Kong movie from 1967, from made by Toho. The reason I like it is because this is a bipedal Kong and not the normal slouched over gorilla style one that you normally see on screen. And that's why this one's, I like this one more because it's based on the old Japanese Toho version. Right. But if you really look at it, the Kong in this movie, people will say, you know, you'll hear in the comments about monkey or gorilla. He's actually not really, he's obviously not a monkey, but he's not really a gorilla either. He's actually based more on um, ancestral bipedal primates like uh, Homo erectus, um, Gigantopith- Gigantopithecus. So while they do slouch over occasionally and they can run in like a like a quadrupedal manner, naturally they stand up more often than slouch. Yeah, that's so. yeah, that's what I noticed about. I mean, that I like about Kong in this film is that he's very human like. Like he doesn't do a lot of ape related things other than like there's scenes where he's like swinging from the the hills, like he would grab onto yeah. the mountains and then. But like. There's a, like in the scene with the helicopters, he's like le- legit looks like a sprinter, like he's huffing it. And and I, you know, we'll talk about it in a couple of weeks in more detail. But like, I don't. Was there a reason they changed him to more of a gorilla like? Like he was more gorilla like in Godzilla versus Kong, I feel. I noticed when he moved, sometimes he was he did do the whole slouching thing. And I don't know if they it was a particular reason why they did that. Um, I really don't. He's older. I, I don't know. Maybe they wanted to try to whoever the director was or whoever was ahead of the the, the development of that project. It's like I oh, will make them do these things, like but over like because it seems that these film franchises tends to forget what happens sometimes in previous iterations of their movies, like the MonsterVerse. You know, something they'll blatantly state, they'll contradict in the next films. Anyway, I, I think that may have, and it was yes. Uh, Angela mentioned it in some in the chat. I don't know why I blanked the name. It's King Kong Escapes. That's the movie I'm thinking. I forgot the title. Brian coming in clutch. Thank you, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Like, I knew it was there. So I tipped my tongue. I just couldn't remember it. But anyway, I don't know why because I like this version. I like him more brown than black. You know, just like he was essentially the Toho Kong. And right. I just thought that was great. I, yeah. Compared to like what you see in um, the original King Kong, or I, I'm going to reference more of the Peter Jackson one since it's more recent and it's kind of you get you you see like peter jackson's kong is a is is just a massive gorilla like he he looks exactly like a silverback gorilla he does like most of his his actions are all gorilla like the way he you know would run around and beat his chest which this one does as well i mean he still has he still beats his chest and roars but he's very he's more uh, he's more just uh, like a human who can't speak um, who's pretty much just like get the hell off my freaking like he's Clint Eastwood of Skull Island, all right? He's get off my lawn. What are you yeah, doing, bro? It, definitely the scenes where like they pan in on his eyes. Like yeah. when you when I see those scenes, I it's almost like I'm looking at it like a 
it's a human in there looking to, right like yeah. he's he, is very he knows smart. what you're doing he know like it the way they portray him is like he knows what you're doing he knows like he's not he's definitely not dumb and uh it, i th- i like that they did that because the like the you know the good old jack black one which was good but it's definitely like it, it was a big oversized gorilla just a very angry gorilla yeah yeah i love this this kong is definitely my my favorite i just love everything that you know he's you know he's territorial but like you know it could be just like i said it could be just like a guy who's like somebody's in there in his backyard and he's got to get rid of him you know this he's the protector of this island he's got to He's like, what the hell? Yeah, I also and, feel like, but he also is like he doesn't know what these things are. So like the scene I, where he grabs the helicopter and the blade cuts him, he's like, what the hell? Like he's not used to something like that. The, yep. the thing is, is like I I feel like there was no like his intentions were to never kill any of those people at all. He just didn't want them to wake up the skull crawlers, and that was the like I think hit the bombs going off was him trying to tell these humans to shut up because you're going to yeah. wake them up, and then. Yeah, I think it's a mix. I think it would be a mix of the two. He's protecting his home, but he's also like, what the hell are you doing? Because they, I mean, yeah, of course, like the humans don't know about these, about the Well, the, the reason yeah, I but... say that is because there's already humans on the island that he's, you know, essentially protected. So he knows what a human is. It's not yeah. like it was his first time ever meeting a human. He also hasn't you know? seen one fly in this weird contraption. Well, no, but. um, So, yeah. Uh, so everybody's on the ground, I believe. Um, Brooks. I'm trying to think of the groups. Most of the military guys, except for Slifko, are with Samuel Jackson, right? And Slifko is with Tom Hiddleston, Brie Larson, um, and is John Goodman there too? I'm trying to think of the yeah, groups. yeah. John Goodman yeah. with um, uh, Samuel Jackson's character and all that. Oh, right, he's with with uh, with him too. Um, and uh, so yeah, and then Chapman is all by himself. Um, which the whole the the whole start of you know um packard's mission is we got to go get we got to go get chapman um where uh weaver and uh conrad are like we got to get to the other side of the island and alert someone to come get us um and yeah and then so the the best the coolest scene is I love, um, I'm trying to think of his name, Cole, um, played by Shea Wiggum, who is an amazing actor. Um, but he is the one who literally, he's like, they, they crash, and then he's just sitting at the wreckage eating a can of beans. And, yeah, yeah. And Mills is like, what are you doing? <laughs> I love Cole. Um, I just love the, the camaraderie that those two characters have. And yeah, then we get yeah. to sit down where Samuel Jackson's like, what the hell are we doing here? Sits down with Randa. Uh, and is like, what is going on? And then Randa breaks it down. Yeah, and then Randa pretty much tells him uh, everything that he was on a ship that was destroyed by a creature who they they pretty much said was a torpedo was blown up by a torpedo, but it wasn't. And I'm guessing that they were hinting like, are, is it was it Godzilla who ultimately destroys I'm, the ship? I'm, I'm assuming so. That's what I'm I'm thinking. Their point. Yeah. So he tells him everything about what Monarch does and all that. And, you know, talking about kind of the, the whole theory that they, they figured out. 
Um, and yeah, and then Samuel Jackson just all in his head. He is literally thinking about how am I going to destroy Kong? Like he killed all of my bro- he killed my brothers. I got to take revenge. Um, but in but but in but he's telling everybody we got to go get Chapman, which is a very important thing. Um, which we see Chapman. Uh, he is cleaning himself off after he leaves the um, little area that he was that he crashed in. He's washing himself up, and that's when Kong comes around the corner, and we we get to kind of see Kong do some some non fighting. Well, for a little bit at least, for a few seconds, he's washing his hand wound. He's washing because he's you know he was shot as well, so he's he's washing himself off. Which is really cool. I love that that the inclusion of the scene. Like it was kind of like I feel like they probably could have just cut it out and we would have been okay with it. But I'm glad that they kept it in. Of yep. just kind of like, hey, this is Kong. You know, this is what Kong does every day. This is his like routine type deal. He's 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 still got to take care of himself. It kind of gives you just, more of a. No, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, it just kind of gives you more of a like a a better picture of how big he actually is because when he picks up the water, they pan in under his hand and it's like a waterfall that's yeah. created from the amount of water he can hold in his palm. Yeah, yeah. He's not so, just there to destroy. He actually has, he's like a living creature does his own right. thing. He's just, yeah. Um, and then he just, he gets aggressive and he thought and Conrad the whole time thinks that, or not Conrad, I'm sorry. Um, Chapman, I'm sick. Chapman thinks that he sees him. So he's like, he's terrified, but it's actually, he, Kong reaches into the water and grabs this gigantic squid or octopus, whatever it was, has a wrestling match with it. Um, the so the thing is with that scene is I feel like he does like I feel like he knows he's there. He just doesn't care, you know. Like it's one of those things, right? Like he's he kind like, of ignores he ignores the tribe people and uh, that are already living there. So he just right. you know it's like every day. So I think he was he was cleaning himself off. It's like I'm hungry, and he, he looked down and was like, oh, all right, cool. Thanks for being here. And yeah, he has some he has some sushi. I yeah. love it. I love it. It's it, it's nasty, but it's it's great. I love it. I love this whole thing. Every scene with Kong is just fantastic, in my opinion. I don't think there's one scene that Kong's in where you're like, ah, I don't think that they needed this scene. It's the same thing with Godzilla. Like if every scene with Godzilla in the last film was was great. I loved it. Um, it just and, wasn't enough. Yeah, yeah. I think. I think the problem with these films is if they had a better story, if there was like a more a stronger story, I think not having Godzilla in the film as much is a good thing or like or a Kong, but like I feel the story in this is stronger than in Godzilla. But still, yeah, like just give us a little bit more. I don't I'm not saying we need him the entire film because then it's just kind of too much where you're just kind of like, all right, we're just a, it's just a monster movie. No really context of what's happening. He's just there. Where you, you know have it's, to have it's some like sort the, of human story behind it. Or, the difference yeah. too between uh, Godzilla and Kong is is if you really th- like break it down is that um, Kong is he's pretty much he's on an island, so there's not much to go. Where Godzilla has the entire ocean. So the like the if you want to like go from story to story, it's it's a lot. Seeing Godzilla is going to be a lot more rare than seeing Kong because if you go to this island, you're eventually going to see him. He's Right. Stuck on on this island where Kong or Godzilla has the entire ocean, which we we know what three percent of the entire ocean, whatever it is, something crazy. Like right. it's just a lot more rare. See, I think so. Back to like what I was talking about with like the trying to balance out a human story and having like trying to figure out what's too much of 
Kong or Godzilla or whatever creature we're talking about. Um, I think if, especially since they can't talk, I think it's harder to, to have them be in the film more because there's like, but for like instance, an example being Transformers, the Transformers franchise, if you had less humans, those movies I think would have been better if you try to flesh out the Transformers stories. These characters can talk to each other where Godzilla can't talk. You know, they roar, but they can't talk to each other. You know, where we can't understand what the hell they're saying. That's probably the nicest roar I've ever seen in my life. Ever heard? Seen? What do you guys, I mean, do you guys, I mean, do you guys agree or like, what are your thoughts on that? Like the, you know, the balancing of like a movie with, you know, like for instance, a, a, a creature like Godzilla who can't talk. Do you do you want him more in the film? Do you or do you care less about the story and just want more of him? Or there's being as I've seen what are we up to thirty seven Godzilla movies. I've seen them all. Um, there's a balance that has to be struck with that, and it depends on how you're depicting the creature in the film, be it Godzilla or otherwise. Um, right. Because obviously he's been depicted many different ways. Right. Um, I think. Yeah, he's mentioned it. The Godzilla has spoken before on a movie yeah, with text. That's bubbles. what we were, it's, 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 it's what we were talking about. Anyway, it's not not relevant to the monster verse. <laughs> um, uh, I, I like him being in there, but there is there is a possibility of having too much Godzilla. And I have seen Godzilla movies where like they just have these fights that just drag and drag and drag, and they're not entertaining. Yep. Um, and I think if you're going to do that in a movie like this, keep the runtime short. And they did in this one, but keep Agreed. the runtime short. Agreed. That's what you have to do. Yeah, I I agree. You, I think if you you do too much, um, you know you 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 make it too long. It's just dragging it out, like adding an unnecessary stuff to it. But yeah, yep, keep yep. the runtime low. I c- couldn't agree more. Yeah, thankfully Ronan. Peter Jackson didn't do any of these movies, but we'd all be boned. <laughs> we'd oh, we'd still man. be watching it, bro. We can yeah. we can review the King Kong uh, that that King Kong movie though. It's a good um, movie though. I was at the Hobbit. I love it. I love it. I love I love Peter Jackson's King Kong. Ronan, thank you so much for the ten biddies. Appreciate you. I don't um, know. Can, can we review those movies? Because I feel like we need like a three year span to just finish it. So with Lord of the Rings. I don't want to do. The oh, Hobbit. they're really great. Have, they're I, great movies. I have but, zero wow. interest in doing the Hobbit movies. I do, do, would, do the old animated Hobbit. That's a good one. It's the whole thing in like why not? an hour and a half. Perfect. <laughs> <Why not>? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many. We were literally talking today, like, "Hey, we should do this." Hey, we should do this. We got, oh my god, we got like the next year and a half planned out. Um, we're gonna be like 58, and we're still gonna be. Um, there's enough movies. There is. Yes. There's so many. The um, thing is, is like it, they keep coming out with more, but we keep going back to the like ones that have already happened because we want to. We so we're never sure, gonna. Yeah, we got to make sure we're talking about every. If we're talking about a franchise, we got to talk about every movie in the franchise. Like, when it comes to, gotta... like, like, for instance, this is the monster verse. So it's four films. I'm not like, if I was like, let's do every Godzilla movie. We got a We got a show for the next few years. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you did. You pretty almost you over. A year. Yeah, exactly. So how many did you say? 37? To... 37. Yeah. Whew. Holy crap. That's a lot what about of See, He's right, because if you ever did the Jaws franchise, you still have to do Jaws the Revenge. Oh, 100%. If I do. <laughs> okay, listen, 100% chat. Everybody listening, Jaws will be done on this on this podcast. Oh, yeah. And we'll right, be so, talking about um, Jaws, Jaws 2, Jaws 3D, and Jaws the Revenge. And boy, <laughs> oh boy, I cannot wait. So it's not even Jaws the Revenge I'm excited for. 
I'm excited to rewatch Jaws 3D, one of yes. the worst films ever made. Like people say <laughs> a lot of shit to Jaws the Revenge, which is a terrible movie in itself. But Jaws 3D, which is what it's called, chat, because it was a yep. 3D movie from 1983, it's garbage. It's hot reach garbage. A, just remember to reach in and pull the pin out of the grenade. Oh my god! Oh my god. <laughs> I can't. I can't wait though. I cannot wait to tear those movies apart. It's going to be fantastic. I'm How drunk do I have to be to get through this film? Because I don't know well, if I we can. Might, we might have to be drunk to watch it. Plus, do this podcast. I, what I'm saying <laughs> is, I have to work early the next day. <laughs> oh, it'll <laughs> even if I have to. I, I you got to have some sort of. You ain't catching me doing this sober because <laughs> well, I'll be a f- falling asleep in about three minutes. Oh my God. How was the oh movie? It's great. Right, yeah, well, that's that's a that's an uh, insight into the future of this podcast is. Uh, but we are going to continue talking about Kong Skull Island right now. So we what did we just talk about? Oh, we talked about the scene where Kong fights with the squid or octopus. Yep. I, you can't really tell it, what it is. Uh, is it an octopus? It was, it's supposed, it was to be an, it's yeah. supposed to be an okay, octopus. Okay, I, fi- I figured more octopus-like. Um, and yeah, he eats it, um, which is delicious no, sushi. No, no, good no. Um, octopus spaghetti. What? What? It, can Can you? Can you? I'm trying to think. What's the? What happens right after this? I literally isn't that where they stumble? Isn't that where the the group the go- the group with um? It's the one with Brie Larson. Don't they find yeah, the Brie tribe? Lar- yeah, they find the tribe. Yes, yeah, yeah, they find the the Iwis, the Iwi tribe, which is the you know the 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 locals of Skull Island. Um, they live behind this giant, uh, you know, fence gate. Freaking, it's like Attack on Titan sort yeah. of wall that they that they built around their uh, village. Um, and they don't talk. Uh, and we then meet Marlo. Who we find out is the soldier, the American soldier from the beginning of the movie, played by John C. Riley. What a casting! He brightens this film up with all of his quirkiness. Like a lot of people, I think I don't know. Some people probably didn't like that he was in this, but a lot of people need to remember John C. Riley played was a very serious actor and did a lot of serious roles before he before Step Brothers kind of put him as a comedic actor. Um, actually today we just, uh, me and nemesis just watched gangs of New York and he's in that, like, he's a oh. fantastic, uh, like, it, wasn't he a, in what, a, what's eating Gilbert great? Probably. He's been in a lot of films. Um, okay. and he's a very good actor. Um, and, but I love that it, it's a mix of like him being serious and him also being funny because he's also, he's a guy who's been living on this Island for the last 28 years of his life. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah. And so he comes out, he, introduces himself and tells everybody what's going on. And they walk into this really cool like room that has a bunch of stones that are painted. And when you see him at a certain angle, it shows a picture. And that's when he starts talking about Kong and how Kong is the protector pretty much of, of skull Island. He, you know, and they talk, Oh, they ask like, what's up, what's with the fence. And is it to keep Kong, keep Kong out. And, is that that's what he says, right? To keep Kong, yeah. It's not to keep Kong out. It's to keep them. It's to not let them in, right? And yeah, the other things. Yeah. yeah, the other. Yeah, and then he says, and then we get a weird interaction where he calls them skull crawlers, and they're like, he's like, yeah, I just made that up. And they're like, yeah, yeah that's like, cool. That's cool. Yeah, 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 that's that's I mean, all right. Yeah, I'm cool. With skull said crawlers. it out loud. Yeah, yeah. No, I really. Hate it. That sounds stupid. <laughs> 
But he talks about how Kong is the last of his kind, that his parents were killed by uh, the skull crawlers, and that Kong is only a teenager, pretty much. He is very young. Yep. He has still got a lot of growing to do, which um, for you know, it kind of shows the future of what he's going to become, especially when people oh. heard about Godzilla fighting Kong, and they're like, how is he going to do that when Godzilla's like 300 and something feet? And I know, right? Oh people are like, oh, can, people are so that. stupid. They're so stupid. Yeah, <laughs> you Nemesis, Nemesis you were one of them. Alright. God, I can't stand you. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember saying this at all. <laughs> oh yes, thank you. I'm glad you're here, Um Brown. Thank you. So yes, um, we skipped. I don't. So I guess this scene was before the scene where they meet the Iwi tribe. Uh, the scene where the soldiers are walking through the bamboos. I don't know if that was before. Whatever. We're gonna talk about it. The soldiers are walking through the bamboo. Um and. Uh, the bamboo like is a really weird scene where like one of them moves and like impales one of the soldiers through his mouth. I'm like, what? The pretty dope. Yeah. And they look up and there's these giant spiders um, and they start fighting them all that. And then there's these weird, like sticky things that attach to mills starts dragging them up and you see like these weird crab things on their face. And I was like, what the hell? If you're an arachnophobe. This is terrifying. Seriously, but they start chopping at its legs like a like a damn like they're chopping through the bamboo, but they're chopping down the legs. And, yeah, oh was it Cole that figured it out? Yeah, Cole's like yeah. or whatever. He's like, cut him off with the legs. That's yeah. a good scene. So so crazy. And then of course the thing is pretty much dead, and Samuel Jackson's got to do the dramatic walk up and shoot a couple rounds into the thing to finish it off. Yeah, of course. Of course. I'm just I mean, surprised cool. he didn't say the. the something well, we with did, motherfucker. We did talk about the Chapman and Kong. Uh, the Chapman and Kong scene. Yeah. But yeah, that was, that was, that was, that scene was crazy. Um, but yeah, and then we get to the scene with, uh, the meeting the Iwis and meeting Marlo and, um, trying to think what's next. <laughs> trying to remember the order of everything. Oh, well he that I think that's when I, I could be wrong. Cause I, I, I just watched it again. The other I time. literally watched it yesterday. Um, I, isn't that when so he, good? Um, he shows him that he has that boat, but he can't get it to work. Right. Oh, he talks about um, uh, uh his buddy there, or the guy that he f- fights in the beginning of the movie. Oh yeah, um, he grabs his sword. that he died that he died from, and he dies from the skull crawler. Correct. That was what he was talking about. A skull crawler killed him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gun pills and Kong. Now, uh, does he does he say how long he was on the island for? Like, was this immediate? Like, did they actually become friends? Like, I was kind of. I don't think they make it clear. Well, they mentioned they mentioned that they became friends because when he 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 says right before they leave, you know, they get ready to go on the boat, and he says, uh, "We they promised they wouldn't leave each other behind." Him and Gunpei, right? So, right, like, you right. could tell they had some bond there, like for a while. It doesn't specify when he died, but they were probably there for a while. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and then yeah, they show he shows him the boat that is made out of both of their planes. Yeah, um, like a crash bomber or something. Yeah, that they really, salvage parts or something like that. It's really cool, and pretty much they're float, float, it's, and pretty much uh, Slifko is giving him a bunch of shit about like how are we gonna we're really gonna like do this like we're gonna float on this thing. It was yeah. Slifko Slifko is funny. I I liked his character. He kind of he was a good like we had John C. Riley's comedic 
chops, you know, you know, being, he was, I think he was the, his comedic prowess in this film. I liked it, you know, trying to be serious, but also like this guy is just crazy because he's been here for so long living with people who don't speak to each other. Um, and, uh, Slifko, I liked him too. I think, you know, being able to portray like that really young, like he, like, I'm guessing like he's portraying like a 19 year old kid. I like who, their conversation about baseball. Yes. Yeah. He's talking about the, the Cubs, how oh, he's a Cubs yeah. fan and, and the, he's a, and, he's and, and he's like, what, what, who are you? Are you a tiger fan? He's like, and then Slifko's like, who do you think would win between a tiger and a cub? And he's like, a tiger, of course, a cub is a baby bear. It's <laughs> <was> like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so good. Oh my God. Yeah. And then he mentions, of course, that he's been there for 28 years. He's been there since, you know, since he, the, uh, 1942, I believe it was. Yeah. He gives an exact, it's like 28 years, X right. amount of months. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. he's yeah. got down to the T how long he's been there. Yep. Uh, I feel like that makes it more depressing. Yes. Right. Well, a little reference if I could throw in here's a jacket, Marlowe's jacket. Says, um, what is it? Good for your health, bad for your education or whatever. It's a reference to um, Akira. It's an Akira reference because that's almost exactly uh, an old anime from the 80s. That's what the jacket yeah, yeah, said. Yeah. And it's also supposed to be a reference to another program. Uh, it was a uh, was it Bill C. Riley? Is that his name? I can't remember his name. Uh, John, John C. Riley. John C. Riley. That's going to mix up. Yeah, John C. Riley. And then uh, it was another show he was a part of that he says something like "Good for your health" or something, or "It's good for you." Like it was supposed to be a reference to both of those. So, just throwing that out there. Random right. trivia. I love it. That's new to me, so that's cool. I didn't know that. Um. All right. I'm trying to find. I knew there was some cool trivia on this. Oh, there is a there is a trivia that I have for a scene that happens later in the film. Oh, I got one more. Well, probably not one more, but I got one big one I can think of later. Okay. Um, okay, so I'm trying to think. So is this when he they say goodbye and they go and they I think this off? is a, I think almost I think this is where it was mentioned. I think they cut to um Chapman and the stick bug. Yes, and point. he shoots at it <laughs> and then uh, it like it was like a what the hell you shoot at me for? And then, of course, he turns and he gets eaten by a, by a skull crawler. Yeah. And oh, oh, before uh, Marlo's talking about the skull crawlers and he's talking about how uh, Kong is or, you know, Kong is a protector, of course, and that he has to protect them from um, the skull crawlers. And what you or what he's fighting right now is uh, they're they're babies, pretty much. They're like they're young skull crawlers. You don't want to wake the big one because he doesn't even know if Kong could be able to handle him pretty much uh, because that one killed his parents. um, And that's why he's the only one left of his species. Um, And it, and then it, while he's talking about this, Kong is fighting uh, or Kong walks up on one of those like giant water buffaloes um, that we see a couple times in this movie. And he, uh, it's a one of the skull crawlers, and then he's fighting two of them at once while Marlo's ex- talking about the whole skull crawler thing. And I thought that was really cool. Um, oh, and before they go on the boat, I know that like they're talking with Marlo, like the whole group, and then Weaver walks away because she hears something, and she walks outside of the fence, and she sees a water the one of the buffaloes has a helicopter on top of it, and for some reason she thinks she's Superman. And she gets under the helicopter, try to pick it up. Uh, she was getting ready for her uh, Captain Marvel role, right? Yeah, she had to, <laughs> she had to get some workout in preparation. Um, but yeah, she's like, 
you know, attempting to move it to help it out. And uh, Kong comes out and, well, the helicopter lifts up and it's Kong and he's holding the it. The only thing that annoys me about that scene is how do you not know a 104 foot gorilla is walking up to you? You're trying to, <laughs> yeah. She was so you don't concentrated on putting all her strength behind trying to lift the She's trying to lift that so hard her, her hearing just goes. He's light yeah, on his feet, man. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's been on this <laughs> aisle for a very long you don't time. Yeah, he's just tiptoeing. I mean, listen, listen, there's a lot of crazy things that change or happen in these films that you're going to you're going to watch certain things coming up in the future and you go what he can do that <laughs> so yeah i'm not so surprised on that but uh, yeah i mean like, yeah he picks up the helicopter he holds in his hand he's looking down at her and this is when you get the feeling this is when you i, I feel a lot of people watch the scene and this is when you know that kong is not just here to destroy destroy things like like we were talking about before he's there to protect the island he doesn't see her as a threat which kind of is a, a cool way of, of it's kind of an homage to the uh, the original King Kong. And of course, the 20, the you know, the most of the King Kongs where they have the female, you know, he grows an attachment to a female character, um, which I, you know, you don't really get that in this scene per take because it's more of like he just recognizes she's not a threat. And so he just walks. So he sees that she's helping, trying to help. And he's well, just it, like, it goes back to that. She, he knows she just came out of this village that he's, you know, essentially protected. So, you know, I feel like he he's looking at her as one of the villagers, which he's been protecting for, I don't know how many years. So obviously he's not like. He already knows she's not a threat, so. Right. He's, yeah, it's cool. she does, I, I she like doesn't know that, but, you know. It, it's a cool I would definitely poop myself if if I if that happened. Like, there would, um, every bowel in my body would let loose <laughs> <laughs> very true very true um so yeah so this is and then it cuts i'm is this where it cuts to the soldiers walking through the swamp and then they run into the cre- creepy birds yeah i think so yeah, he shoots the one and he the, shoots the one and just a bunch of them come out and just fly overhead and yeah. damn these things are creepy as hell they look like <laughs> like a like a really messed up looking pterodactyl like they're just terrifying these things are crazy and they bleed different colors uh, they have like saw noses like yeah yeah they're creepy it was a a really cool scene especially when you just see like the one and then he shoots it thinking it's just one and then a flock of them just come out of nowhere and just fly over i was waiting for them to come out and then like attack them but they just end up flying overhead, which I was like, okay, that's, I like that. Um, Pre beta Rodan. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> he put the lull at the end. So just, just to know he was kidding. Uh, <laughs> I know. I'm just... No fights in the chat here. No, no, I'm just kidding. It's fine. It's all no, good. No, it's all good. Um, so yeah, and then uh, this is where Marlo says farewell to the tribe, right? And they yep. well they fix the boat, of course, they get it all ready to go, and then he he says his goodbyes and um hey if you ever if you're ever in Chicago look me up. yeah exactly yeah. exactly yeah look me up oh man which is it's it's knowing what the future is of these films it's sad because the last time you actually see like knowing what c- comes of this tribe it's. It's kind of touching now. Would it like watching it again, knowing what happens? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
but yeah, so they they start to they're sailing on the or they're you know going down this river heading towards uh their evacuation site or evac site. Um and they're having a good conversation about, you know, they're just having a conversation like they're listening to music and Marlo's not into it. He's like, "What is this?" Because it's like, you know, the typical Vietnam War soundtrack, you know, from every yeah. Vietnam War movie. This is the music you I swear there is if if any director is like, hey, we want to make a movie set in Vietnam War times. They're like, all right, well, you have to put these songs in there. It's it's not you can't do it. If you don't put this music in there, you can't make this film. I feel like that is what studios do, because I swear that's every song that's in this movie. Music. Well, most of the songs that are in this movie. Yeah. CCR. Every single Vietnam War movie, every single one. Almost, it's, like C- yeah. it's like CCR signed a contract with somebody that yeah. said, hey, if you make a Vietnam War movie, our music has to be in it. I don't yeah. even know how many people are still alive from CCR, but yeah. good for, good for them. Say. They're still making a shit ton of money. <laughs> yeah, there you go. somebody is. <laughs> yeah, um, which CCR is great. Just oh, yeah. put that point there, too. Um, oh, man. Oh, man, I'm trying to I'm trying to like pinpoint like exactly what happens after these they, things because a lot of these scenes blend together. They get the um uh one of the scenes coming up is where he sees Kong's bloody handprint yes. on the wall yeah. and he's like, We did we we made him bleed or whatever. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson's character. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah, so his so this is kind of like where he's starting to make it known that he they're not just going to find Chapman, that they plan to find Chapman. And then they're going to try to kill Kong. And everybody in his group is like, they, they, they're following orders, of course, because, you know, he's, he's the, he's the alpha there, you know, he's got the, you know, the authority. So they, but they, none of them want to do this. They, none of them are for this. They are like, even, even Cole, who is kind of the whack job of the group. Like he is just, I mean, clearly this guy doesn't have a lot of, you know, it's it kind of shows that he doesn't have a lot of emotions like he kind of bundles like he he kind of holds it all in um yeah. and even he like they show his face like when he when samuel jackson starts talking about it and then they they kind of pan over to all the soldiers and he's he's also like i don't want to i don't want to do this but this is where you see his character uh samuel jackson's character just kind of spiral out of control um isn't this where um I can't remember which soldier, but one of the soldiers tells the story to John Goodman because he's like, you know, that thing says makes a remark about how that thing's not going to do any damage, and he's like, well, yeah, but I got this gun from like a farmer or something. Oh, that, yeah, that, that was cold. That was cold. Yeah, Cole oh, yeah. tells yeah. the story about how he why he uses an AK forty seven. Yeah, yeah and he also made a... yeah, yeah, yeah. He well, it's actually one of my favorite bits for his character actually in that movie. Because he mentions, he's like, where he asked why, he asked Randall why I use an AK over an M16. And he said, well, I got it from a farmer. And uh, I got got it from a farmer uh, in, you know, where uh, Vietnam, wherever. And then he said, before we showed up, this guy, this farmer, didn't even know what what, what a gun was. And he said, what I'm saying is, sometimes you don't know they're in your enemy. What was it? Sometimes... Sometimes you don't know you have an enemy until you go looking, looking for him. Which is a yeah. great little like, yeah. And he's yeah. like, well, what do you do when he shows up on your doorstep? And he's like, well, I still, I still got, got his, his gun. gun. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so um, the boat, 
uh, radios to uh, Samuel Jackson's character. Yeah. Why can't I think? Why can't I remember? It? Packard. Packard. Sorry, Packard. Um, he radios to him, and then they shoot a flare. To and then that's when they all meet up. Um, well, I, well, he he gets what well, they well they get the the call. Oh, like, oh yes. we found him, and then the birds, the, yes. the, the flying reptiles. Like, We're going what home. Could have been the other guy. But yes, one of the scientists gets lifted up by or gets taken out by uh, one of those creepy birds from before oh, and they tear him to shreds yeah. and everybody yeah. just looks up to the sky with kind of like, oh, no. And then they have to go back to kind of just getting the hell out of there. Um, yeah. Uh, Victor. That's what I call him because that's his name. But um, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so then they meet up and they talk about like, hey, who survived or, you know, who, who you know, who died, all that. And then, then you know, Marlo comes in and they're like, who the hell is this? And they all have their their meeting thing. And then Samuel Jackson pretty much puts it out there. Packard puts it out there like, hey, this is my plan. We're going to go find Packard. And then I'm taking this. I'm taking this thing down. And Marlo's like, what? You can't do that. Like, you don't realize you don't understand what he is. Like if you kill him, it, like it's gonna destroy this entire this entire island. Like it's it's gonna be bad. And Packard's like, I'm crazy, bro. I I don't care what you're saying right now. Everything you just said, I didn't hear it, and I'm I'm doing this. Yeah, and then he and, uh, he, and oh yeah, and he takes out the he and Marlo pulls the katana, and man, Samuel Jackson just literally whoops his ass in about five seconds. And I was like, what, Marlo? What are you doing, bro? Like, yeah, you just got taken down like super quick, and then yeah, so that is what's going on. So, well, isn't that we miss a part where they they have like a pre meeting like when they first first meet and they're talking about how they want to go east or yeah east. <laughs> well, east is <laughs> best. West is yeah, and then west they worst. Uh, the west South, was where Southwest. the colors are. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> and then Marlo comes up with this remark like, yeah, don't listen to the guy that's been here for 20 something years. Yes. And uh, but they don't fight at that point is when they get into the and then they find um, Chapman's things that that's when it turns tags. sour. His dog tags. Yeah. Yeah. Because they said, well, that because Tom, what Tom Hiddleston's character says, he'll just go with him to help find Cha- Chapman. And then right. they were going to go do their right. own thing. Right. Um, so yeah, so they come across this, uh, this graveyard. This is literally where Kong's parents died because you can see their, their skeletons, which if you look at it, they don't look very big. They don't look much bigger than what Kong is. I mean, I mm-hmm. guess for basically based on the, like the angle of the shot that they had of the graveyard, cause they're both kind of laying down together. And I'm like, man, with how big we know he becomes these, his parents weren't very big. Or just I don't know. It's weird. No, no, I, I agree. I thought I thought the same thing. I thought yeah. the same thing. Um. So yeah. So they come across the graveyard of Kong's uh parents, which is surrounded by this like flammable gas. Um. Which, I assume it's methane or something. Yeah. I have so no you know when you go into a, a cloud of something you don't know, what's the thir- first thing you think of doing? Throw a lighter. No. Uh, no. 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 Light, you light, light a cigarette. cigarette. Yeah. You light a cigarette, and then the one guy goes, "Hey, man, put that out." And then what do you do? You throw it somewhere you don't know where it's going to land, and it, of course, it lands on this, you know, the where the the fumes are coming out of the ground, and it explodes. 
and that's when the skull crawlers get alerted that they're there and you know chaos ensues where they're they all split apart they're um they're trying to hide from them and one of the skull crawlers comes up next to um conrad and weaver and throws up chapman's dog tags which is very convenient but hey we had to show samuel jackson's character that chapman is dead <laughs> So here, here it is. Here's a convenient thing, but whatever. Um, yeah. So, but this is where, this is where the, one of the most ridiculous oh, scenes yay. of the entire movie happens. So, uh, I believe, um, John Goodman's character. Oh, well, actually before all that happens, John Goodman's character is taking pictures and he's trying, he's the one who gives shit to Cole about the cigarette, but yet has yep. a camera with a flash that has a flame. And yeah, but it goes out after his first picture, doesn't it? Like, but he, but yeah, he's trying to get it to work because it's malfunctioning, and it, uh, yeah, he literally knows that one's behind him. He just literally doesn't even look at it. He just goes shit, and then the thing yep. eats he's him, like, eats him, and then. But the cool, one of the coolest thing is that when he, when it's eating him, the camera is still flashing inside the scroll collar, so that yeah. is like yeah. alerting to. It's helping everybody figure out where this thing is which I thought was a really cool thing that they did. I um, agree that that was really cool. The only thing that's is like, they have the scene where they, it throws up Chapman's head with the, and it's, right. they have this acidic, whatever it is. Well, I mean, it's stomach and, acid. I'm guessing. Yeah. I'm yeah. Guessing and, it's just a stomach acid. And I thought the cold camera scene was really, really cool, but it just doesn't make sense to me that, you know, they pretty much this, they have like this acidic, crap in their body but this camera is going off for a very long time well you know? also what also could be the the acid could be concentrated in the stomach so the flash is going off while it's going down the esophagus and hasn't reached the stomach yet or been yeah. in the stomach long enough but yeah. just a thought i mean either way it's i mean a cool, yeah, I it's, a cool it was really fact. Cool. it's a cool scene yeah, yeah. It, it's kind of you know gives the the rest of the group um help on where the hell this thing is so they can attack it but then but then we get the infamous scene where Marlo starts fighting the, the Marlo starts fighting the birds because there's birds there too, right? Oh no, he, no, he slices at one of them and then throws the katana over to Tom Hiddleston, who then throws on a gas mask and in slow motion Whoa. with the green, the green gas surrounding him just starts slowly slicing these. What was the birds? The birds were there too. That's what he was doing. He was slicing yeah. the yeah. birds in half. What? I'm sorry. This was dumb. Well, initially the gas the gas went off because uh, what's the younger soldier's name? He got punted pretty much. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, yeah. Because he had that he had that nerve gas or whatever toxic yeah. gas he had with those grenades. But that scene when the gas they're like, watch out for the gas, and then he like, ironically has a mask lined up right in his path, gets a sword, and. I don't know. It's just like, I feel like I was watching a different movie during that scene. Just slow-mo through this gas. These ones. Slicing and dicing. I don't know. I think that was probably, like, if they were going to leave any scene out of this movie, I I would have picked that one. Yeah, that yeah, could have been left was, out. I agree. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, so yeah, that all happens. And they just... The they flame just thrower. Right, the flame the flame thrower. Like, like you said... What do you do in gas? You light a cigarette. You don't use a flamethrower. 
Uh, yeah, it's a lot of a lot of stupidity in no a lot of this. Very smart, you know. Yeah, <laughs> lot, island to begin with, so. Um, what was I? Yeah, but you noticed during that whole flamethrower scene that nothing blows up. Exactly, it's yeah, like it you're weird. in a cloud of gas. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a whole. It was a weird. You can have an entire flamethrower, and everything's fine. Yeah, but when you throw uh, that, you throw that uh, lighter. Right. And then yeah. the explosion. Like, <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Do they, they don't end up killing it. They kill it? Yeah, they do. Yeah. Okay. She had three Larson throws a lighter at the gas. Right. And yes. And it blows it up. Um, and then they get out of the gas and they're separated now. Uh, and then they have to meet up again. And, um, you know, they, they meet up, uh, they get back together. And CMLJ is like, we still got to go find, you know, Chapman. And Conrad's like, uh, Chapman's dead. And he shows him the dog tags and he takes the dog tags. And he's like, I don't care yeah. pretty much. I am going to destroy this thing. And, and, uh, Weaver, uh, Conrad, Marlowe, Brooks, and, oh my God, we, we forgot to mention, um, oh, what was the character's name? Uh, San. Um, oh, yeah. She was like the. Did she work oh. for the scientist group, or she worked with Monarch? I, I just like. I'm sad that this is the first time we mentioned her. She. She was a scientist. She, she was, was only in the movie because there was a Chinese production studio backing the production of it. They needed a Chinese actress in it. That's actually why she was in it. Oh. She only had. She, like had, she 11, does little to nothing in the film. She had like eleven lines or something yeah. like that. She yeah. had like very few lines. She was more like a. I feel like they were trying to make it a love interest for Brooks. Like sort of Probably. in a way, like they were eventually going to make it that way. Um, yeah. But yeah. So they all go their separate ways because they're like, yeah, we so Chapman. Clearly, we found Chapman. He's dead. We're going to the evac site. You guys do whatever the hell you want to do. And Packard's like, all right. And all the soldiers are like, okay, I guess we're going with you, <laughs> even though we don't want to. Um, and they walk or they go away and. Uh, they're hiking through or uh, Weaver and Conrad and the group are going through and they hear Kong in the distance um, and they're like, oh, Kong's in trouble. So they they they're like, all right, you guys stay here or keep going to the evac site and we'll we'll meet you guys back. And they both run off. And uh, this was one of the trivia uh, things I want to talk about. The So um, Marlo Brooks and San are sitting there talking and you hear birds chirping in the distance and he, and Marlo goes, it sounds like a bird, but it's a fucking ant. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is it was an improv by John C. Riley. It wasn't in the script. It was something he just randomly said, yeah. like they made, they did the, they told him what was going to happen. And he just came up with that line and they're like, that's that's genius. I mean, with with what we've seen on this island, it in. makes sense, right? Like it's. Something I mean, you had a would... giant bamboo spider, so I mean, right. it's so a, a giant ant that sounds like a bird. Sounds right. good. So it it was. I mean, just imagine that's terrifying. Uh, but what a I, what a great line. I actually thought that was a reference to um, the nineteen the fifty three or fifty four film them giant ant movie, mm-hmm. and they kind of sound like birds. And they kind of whistle and chirp, and I thought that was the reference. I didn't realize that, that was ad libbed, and I mean, he obviously could know about the film, but right. I just thought that was kind of neat. I didn't realize. You know that. what's funny is that uh, now that he says that is um, 
when he says that line, the second or the time I watched it most recently is when he says that I think of that movie matinee with John Goodman because we grew up watching that. It was about a big giant ant and it was a weird ass movie. I'm not a lot oh, of people know about it. Weird ass movie. As, okay, what movie was it? It's called matinee with John Goodman. Yeah. He was a, he was a guy who owned a movie theater and they were showing a movie about a giant ant. And then like the things that happen in the movie happen in real life. And start like rampaging the town. It was it was a, a bizarre movie. I don't even know how. I, my my grandmother was a our grandmother was a, a an avid movie collector, and we so we watched some weird movies that a lot of people probably have never heard of. Um, uh, yeah, no, I know that's that weird. Feeling. Yeah. Um. But so the whole fat the whole trivia about that whole scene was uh this entire scene was an outtake in which John C. Riley was trying to get the cast and crew to laugh by throwing out the most bizarre, outlandish, imaginary monster he could come up with. Director Jordan Voigt uh, Roberts decided that it fit in with Skull Island's bizarre ecology and kept it. In a later interview, Voigt Roberts said he wanted to include the giant ant in a scene, but couldn't due to budget constraints. Yeah, if you get if you get a chance when this gets over, go Google like a, a scene from them and just listen to the sound they make. It literally is giant ants that sound like birds. Well, so like entirely ad libbed, but like he's spot on. That is this good one. movie too, by the way. I think I've heard of it. It's a, it's an good. old one, right? Fifty four. Oh yeah. Okay. Watched it on our movie night. We haven't done them yet. No. Not them. So okay, so Umbran is talking about. So they, uh, Packard and his group are going to find the ammo stash, which then will they will try to set up traps and you know, pretty much trying to kill Kong. Um, but uh, Weaver and um, Conrad, they go up to this cliff, which looks eerily similar to the cliff that you see Kong in the beginning of the film with Marlo and... Um, it does, actually, now you yeah. mention it. And, uh, yeah, and it was cool because, like, I, he comes out of the mist and he's just kind of looking at him and she kind of interacts with him, which I thought was a touching... You know, it's always got to be... It's like. It's it's like it reminds me of the scene in Jurassic uh, in the Lost World Jurassic Park where Julianne Moore's character is taking pictures of the stegosauruses and she's got to touch the baby and and Jeff Goldblum's in the back he's like yep. she's got it she's always got to touch he's like you don't have to got to touch and that's all I thought about was what she re- like every time I see a movie where they reach out to touch you know whatever creature it is because there's even a scene in the next film that is the same thing um, yeah yeah uh, but yeah it, there's always that touching moment. Uh, we didn't get that in Godzilla, though. I thought we were going to get that with, uh, you know, stone face kid there. I can't remember his name because I don't care. Uh, but I thought that was going to happen there. Um, but we didn't get that. So that just made the movie even worse. Um, but yeah, so we get a cool touching moment where it's kind of like we need to protect Kong. Like this is like we have to stand up to Packard and we have to stop this from happening because it's going to destroy everything and we're all going to die like we're literally if we kill Kong we're all going to die it's not even going to matter you know you know you could say it was for you know honoring your fallen Conrads or whatever but it's not it's just stupidity yeah so they have to go intercept um intercept Packard and they do and then Marlo and Brooks and San are also show up later too as they pretty much, you know, everybody's got their guns pulled on everyone. And then all the other soldiers start slowly pointing their guns. Everyone is pointing their guns at Packard. 
pretty much. It's yeah, yeah. Like, dude, this is just messed up. Oh wait, we missed. Oh, we missed Cole's death. We didn't talk about Cole's death. No, no, we haven't even been there yet. Not yet. No, no see, it, the, everybody pulls their guns on after they after yeah. um the, the military group wait, uh, Cole, does the wait, battle with Kong. Okay, Cole okay. I thought I missed that, that scene. Because um, there's a there's a, a whole scene Chad, where they're they're pouring. I the... just watched this movie. I apologize. I just so did we. Blending okay. <laughs> everything together. Oof. They're pouring the napalm into the lake, and yeah, all, all that, that happened. Right. Yeah, before yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I I wasn't hundred percent sure because I'm like thinking about. It. I was like, we got to talk about it. But uh, yeah. So they. It's so um, awesome. Yeah. So, um, he said, you know, they're pouring napalm into this pond, and he's pretty much trying to. He's he's trying to find some way to kill Kong, and he knows he's he knows how big he is. He knows that it's not going to be him just shooting at him. He's got to try to find some way to, uh, you know, pretty much bring him to his knees. And Kong sees him, starts charging. He sets off the napalm. Uh, it engulfs the entire lake in flames as Kong's in there. Literally fur burning, which I thought was really cool. Like, that's, that's the thing. They did a great job with the CGI oh, in, yeah, in these films. Yeah. Like, the fact that you see, you see the fur, like, actually burning and, like, after... Um, after he gets out and he extinguishes himself or he falls to the ground and then all the flame, like just seeing the charred mess that he is now. Um, and you know, Packer goes into a big giant spiel about how humans are number one, which we aren't. We're terrible. We're all yes. awful. Um, yes, we, are. And we are the Kings. We are everything. This is where Steve dies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, land, land, whatever, oh, land, sat, land Steve. sat Steve. Yeah, he gets oh, stepped yes. on. Yes, <laughs> this was the one where he. This is where Samuel Jackson's like, "Do you want? What was it? Do you want to? Uh, do you want to go out there and do something, or do you want to sit on the porch?" I was yeah, like, yeah. "What is this?" And the guy's like, "I, I, I want to get off the porch." And I'm like, "Oh my god, I would have stayed sucks. on the porch personally." I sucks. And then yeah, he dies. See, he was so unimportant. Umbreon that I didn't need to talk about it. He <laughs> sucks. Um, I, I like the actor. I've seen some things with him and he's a good actor. I just don't like his character in this film. Um, listen, when I bad when I bash actors, I, well, when I bash characters, I'm bashing the character. I'm not bashing the actor. Yeah. Like well, no, because I like love Aaron, Samuel Jackson, but Aaron I just, Taylor mm-hmm. Johnson is not a terrible actor. He just wasn't good in Godzilla. I just want people should to have know been that. this movie. Hundred <laughs> yeah, percent. They'd be like, it makes no sense, but here it is. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry, Aaron Taylor Johnson. I'll be your friend. You were Um, (laughs) so harsh towards him last week, bro. I that poor guy was. Yeah, he's probably he's he doesn't give a shit. He's making a lot of money. He's married. He's married to a famous director. He's set. He can't Um, hear you over the sound of his bank account. It's all right. Exactly. (laughs) The the coins. He's jumping in there like Scrooge McDuck. He he doesn't give a shit. Oh oh my god! I hope you're kidding, O'Brien, because. Uh, it's not true at all. Um, okay, so what were we talking? Oh, we're talking about yeah. So Steve dies. Clearly, it was un- it wasn't that important. Yeah, <laughs> it's just trash. Um, and oh, that's when the 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 monster, the the beast, the big one. Yeah, see, that I didn't like. I didn't like this part because I thought there should have been a little better entrance for the big one because he makes it a big part that you don't want to wake up the big one. Well, that was the and thing they, is that this this whole situation. Well, I know, is but woke it the up. way they do it, like you know, this big huge thing with you know 
Packard and King Kong or with Kong, and all of a sudden, like you just see Mar logo. Well, there's the big one. Yep. Like I, I don't know. I like I, yeah. I wish the entrance was a little bit so, more, yeah. more dramatic. Yeah, I so, get you. Yeah. So the big one comes out. So here's another thing that was kind of weird: is it is pitch black. It is like midnight, and yep. for some reason, the next scene it is bright ass light out and you're like yeah yeah wow, that was a fast yeah. change um but uh so the big one comes out everyone runs except for packard who then proceeds to walk up to kong to try to still f- try to kill him which just makes me i was like why why you could have redeemed yourself in some way i feel if you just left and tried to help like been like oh shit but no he still tries to he still tries to go up and he tries to kill Kong and Kong just literally smashes his fist on him. And that's the end of Packard. That was my favorite part. And uh, uh, I don't know about <laughs> my favorite part, but it was one of so, my favorite parts. Yeah. So Kong is kind of recovering and now it is daytime and everyone's running and are trying to get away to the boat. Uh, and um, Cole decides it's over. Like I'm going to sacrifice myself and he takes out two grenades and he puts him up and he's hoping that he hope he's hoping that it eats him so it would blow it up. But unfortunately, the skull crawler is smarter than Cole and smokes him with his tail and he blows up at a cliff. And is, what a, such a such, like I liked Cole and the way he dies is just so sad because it's it like, was, he was trying uh, to he was trying to sacrifice himself to help everyone and he just yeah. gets yep. he gets ba- he gets babe Ruthed out of there. Like he's yes. just smoked. Home um, run. Even, even the good, heart. even the good characters, man. They don't, they don't, they don't all get no, all. I agree. Yeah, I agree on Brown. He was, he was, uh, yeah. It was one of those things where a lot of these guys probably thought they were going to die, so he just wanted to try at least try to prolong the the outcome. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, it was not. It was not what he uh, wanted. Um, yep. So yeah. So and this was the big one, right? Yeah. This that was chasing yeah. them. Yeah. And Kong then fights the big one it, he recovers gets up he starts fighting it and then it gets he gets thrown into a bunch of shipwrecks and gets all tangled up in the chains yeah and uh this scene right here i'm a huge god of war fan and this scene yeah. really yes. throws some god of war like i so uh jordan jordan vaught roberts it uh is a huge video game fan and he incorporates a lot of video game esque things into his movies. Of course he's doing the metal gear solid movie, which is based on a very popular video game franchise. Um, and so th- I'm, I really, I, I don't have, n- I have not read any trivia that this was a reference to God of war, but I just immediately was like, this has to be some sort of maybe not God of war. I know there's other video games that have that sort of, combat but boy i was like hell yeah i need to play god of war again <laughs> blades of chaos man oh so good as you can see they're hanging up back there um <laughs> i like the slow motion they do when he first, oh, but first yeah he, so he throws yeah. it but the fact that he wraps him around his arms and then he literally just throws it at it with the slow motion of it going by the camera and it impales the uh skull crawler which i thought was really cool yeah um and he's fighting with it, and there's actually a cool homage where he tries to rip the, tries to do what he does to the dinosaur in the two thousand, well, in the original and the two thousand and five film, where he tries yep. to rip its mouth like completely apart. 
Um, but he ends up not being able to because it breaks out of his grip. Um, and which I thought was crazy. And I don't know Weaver, when this comes Weaver up. runs off, right? She's like climbing a mountain. What the hell is she doing? She goes up there to shoot it in the face with the oh, flare. She gun. shoots in the eye. She shoots in the eye with the flare. Right? Yeah, yeah. She shoots the yeah. skull crawler in the eye. And uh, the skull crawler then hits the mountain. No, I, I think Kong throws the skull crawler into the mountain. Oh, yeah. right. And then she falls into the water. Yep. And it shows the slow descent of her going down. And then you see you see Kong's hand go down and scoop her up, which then is crazy because th- this next part, I'm like, I want to know how the hell he had her in his hand, not squishing her in his hand. And he's literally punching this thing and doing shit with it with her in it like it was nuts uh so he's fighting the skull crawler the big one of course with like both hands as he has weaver in clutched in one of his fists and um and also uh and then the skull crawler knowing that she's in his hand bites onto his hand to try to i'm guessing try to eat her Mm-hmm. But also try to attack him at the same time. And uh, that's when he proceeds to shove the more of his arm down the skull crawler's throat and rips out the, everything. We should we yeah, should bring up the fact that the, the tongue wrapped around his arm. Right. The skull has right. His and it was like pulling it was like pulling him in like he, yeah. he got his his hand out and then yeah. And then the, the tongue wrapped around pulled it back in. So that's when he thought I just want to know how he shoved his hand down its throat with her in it opened his hand without her falling out of it proceeded to grab then the, all of the insides of this thing and then pull it out it was, should, it was, we should, uh, this man is very talented this the kong is a talented dude you should <laughs> you should bring up the fact that the only reason that kong had time to save weaver was because the boat was shooting them was shooting, right, the it was shooting yeah it was shooting at it yeah which was i which was really cool but it was it, but this whole whole thing with him um having uh with Kong having her in his hand while he's fighting is very is definitely a throwback to the original Kong and Kong 2005 where um he there's a there's a couple fight scenes actually where he's holding on to uh oh god what's her name the character in that, that's the actress Fay Ray. well her character Fay Ray is the actress the original um, actress, the original right? One, yeah. yeah, but I can't remember what her yeah, name is. Yeah, I don't remember is. her name either. But yeah, there's a couple scenes where Kong is holding on to her as he's fighting, you know, a, a, a giant creature. So it was a cool throwback to uh to those to those films. Um he then puts her down, uh her and Conrad get back to like embrace, get back together, everybody's happy. But he has to save the camera first before he goes over. Right, he grabs the camera. Like, what the fuck? Who gives a shit? But then you later find out that they use a lot of the that some of these pictures are used in um, a a film we'll talk about in a couple weeks. And Darrow, thank you, thank you, Umbreon, appreciate that. Um, But yeah, so yeah, they have to show him grabbing the camera, and then he gets with her and makes sure she's okay, and they embrace. Um, I liked the fact that they didn't like have them kiss. Yeah, it really wasn't much like blatant romance. No, there film. was there was cool. I mean, I feel like they were like friends. They were like they were just they were trying to survive. I mean, that's kind of the ultimate thing is they were just trying to be, you know, they were helping each other to survive. Writer. And uh yeah, yeah they they get in a relationship <laughs> off, you know, outside of this movie. If someone writes like uh, you know, write some sort of, you know, fan fiction or something with it, yeah. then whatever. But yeah, sure. I'm glad that it wasn't a, a romance. It's not like they got together and, you know, kissed. I was like, that would have been just kind of dumb. 
I don't like when they do that, especially characters who don't have yeah. that connection. That's not the time and place. I mean, you're so right. at this point, you're in so much fear um, that you just almost got eaten by this lizard thing. Yeah. No, let's go have dinner. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you want to go out sometime? It's like I'm covered in blood and I just almost died a few times. That was times. a good time, wasn't it? It's was great. Good first um, date. Now, and, and Kong starts, and then Kong walks away. He's like, My job is done here. He starts walking away. Uh, but then you hear the helicopters coming, more helicopters coming in, which I love the the scene where the helicopters are coming in. You get a nice close up of them coming through the storm. Um, everybody's happy. Um, and then, you know, it shows them, uh, then it pans back out and Kong is like, are you serious, bro? And he beats his chest, which I love. And I love because it, it, the, the fact that they, they keep all the detail of all of his burns, everything that he has gone through and he is just beating his chest and he lets out a roar oh, oh, as uh, it zooms into a reflection of his eye of the helicopters coming in. I just love that. That shot is so good. What made me think um, when you were talking about the hand thing before, when he's holding her, he is actually holding her in the hand that he hurt. So it, yeah. it brings back that whole thing of his wounds. Yeah. We cut mm. up on the helicopter blade. Yeah. yeah. I was going to mention that too. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's a good point. Good point. Um, so yeah, so I love the shot of it, like him doing his thing and it zooms in on his eye and it shows the reflection of the helicopter, more helicopters coming in. Um, and then we, and then it goes black and then we get a touching reunion scene with Marlo and his family, which I felt was just so unnecessary. It was kind of, it was so dumb to be honest. I did not like this at all. I just thought it was unnecessary. Like, Like I liked, I liked Marlo. A lot. I liked his character, but like the fact of like, do we we really need to see this? Um, I don't know. That was just my opinion. I I wasn't a huge fan of this scene. Um, you have but, no heart. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> it. That's hundred percent it. I just hate good things. You know. <laughs> I'm also wondering, like, did she get remarried? Like, did she really wait for him for twenty eight years? Like, if you're what? really in love with someone, would you wait? If they never found I'm the body. Gonna, if they never found uh, the body, oh, that's, well, that's a good I, I don't, yeah, They were really young, weren't they? When he went, he was. Yeah, so. I mean, yeah, I mean, he was. It was World War II. A lot of these guys that were <laughs> in the military were right out of high school. But so they did been like they eighteen, did nineteen years old. Like, right. so maybe I don't. Know. Okay, you got you got me. You got me there. It's a, a lot of times. A lot of these, you know, widows didn't get remarried in that time, especially if he if he was supposedly dead in the forties. You know, it's not like nowadays when everybody divorces like 40 times. Right, right, right. So, yeah, you got a good point on Brian. Thanks. I, whatever. I'm, a, I'm just a heartless person. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so we get that the whole reunion scene and then him watching a Cubs game, eating a hot dog with a beer in his hand, which is, I guess, that, that was a good, that was a cool thing. Um, and then we get the credits and then we get an after credit scene of uh, Conrad and Weaver in like an interrogation room. Um, and they're like, what the frick are we doing here? And then Brooks and San come in and they start talking about how there's more, there's more creatures out there and they start talking, but do they talk about hollow earth in this scene? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, no, I don't remember in this scene if they do, but they mentioned a couple times earlier in the film. Yeah, they mentioned yeah, I don't know it about at this scene. Before they go. Honestly, we didn't even watch this, the post-credit scene. Like, th this viewing. I knew it was there. I kind of know what happened, so I was like, yeah, right. we won't watch post -credit it seeds. Post-credit scenes, for me, if I've seen it once, I don't need to see it again, because I know it's there. I know what, yeah. what happened. is. Usually, they're only like a minute long anyways. But yeah, they, yep. they talk about Hollow Earth. They talk about uh, how there's other uh, creatures, you know, there's other creatures like Kong out there. Um, and then they show the cave drawing of Godzilla fighting King Ghidorah, um, which is just badass. And it just gets you super pumped up for Godzilla King of the Monsters. Like, I, yeah. just, I'm, I, I was recently listening to a podcast. Well, I've listened to a uh, recently was listening to a, I listened to a podcast called uh, In Review. It's by Kind of Funny. Um, and they were doing the monster verse movies and they lambasted King of the monsters. And I don't know why I was very sad. A lot of them said it sucked and I was like, this movie's good. So I can't wait to talk about it myself. Babies. I know. Right. Um, but yeah, that is Kong skull Island. Whew, what a movie. I love this movie. I'll say, I've said it many times already. There are, like I said, we're going to, we're going to deep dive into every movie that we review and we're going to talk about the things that we don't like. But in the end, I love this movie. Um, I'm not super picky when it comes to like what I enjoy about a movie, but I feel for the sake of the show, I will nitpick certain things that maybe we're just kind of, you know, in reality, kind of dumb. Um, but overall, this movie is definitely one of my favorites of the four, uh, the MonsterVerse movies. Um, so yeah, what, uh, so what, what do we, oh yeah, last week we, we ranked the main characters, of the MonsterVerse, and we started with Aaron Taylor Johnson, which is he's automatically number four. I don't think he's ever going to be coming out of that spot. But here's the thing: who's the main character of this movie? I would say Tom Hiddleston, like Conrad. I, I would. I would only say that because he's. I don't actually know. I don't really have a good defense about that, but I would that's say what I chose. If you <laughs> if you go by the four main points of the film, or the main points of the film, I would say it's Conrad and Weaver. Um, was it Packard? That was was yeah. Samuel Jackins yeah. and then um, Marlowe, because they're the four main actors in the film. You got the guy that crash landed, the, the mercenary that hired her as the anti-war person, and the warmonger. That's and the other guys are just side characters. I guess okay. you could say Rhonda. You might keep Rhonda Rand in there Randa, too because Randa. he kind of started. He kind of got the ball rolling. There. Okay, so at so least those five. If we take, if we take all of these, so we'll take all of these characters right now. We'll count them all as main characters because there's a lot of them. Um, there's yeah. a lot of, I mean, a lot of these characters you see a lot. Like, it's not like you see certain characters for like a little bit and then you never see them again. You see these characters, all these characters, for most of the film. It's not like you have a, like, it's not like it's Tom Hiddleston and Weaver and that's it. It's, it's, it's whoever's in that group and they all interact with each other pretty much the entire time. All right. So um, we said there's five. So yeah, there's, there's quite a bit. So uh, I'm putting Packard at the bottom. No, no, no. We're going to rank. We got to rank this as a group compared to Aaron Taylor Johnson, which is automatically number four, meaning we're going to put we're going to put this group at number one for right now until next week when we. Oh, it's rank just a group the, of actors. Okay. Yeah, oh, why not? Okay. Because yeah, we, we, can't, we can't we can't pinpoint the number one main character of this movie, like the the lead character, human character, of course. Um, and so no, yeah. I, I, think the, I think the lead monster is definitely the, um, All right. the birds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, bird, the birds. All right, so we have all these guys at number one, and we have yeah, uh, Aaron he, Taylor Johnson at number four. Um, 
and now we're gonna rank the the bad the bad kaiju's. Can we can, can we call these skull crawlers kaiju's? Are they yeah, considered a kaiju? Okay, you could if you want to. Why okay, not? so we'll put we'll, we're gonna rank the bad kaiju's of the monsterverse. Uh, so last week we talked about uh, the Mutos. They're number one, uh-huh. of course, because it was the first movie we reviewed. Are the skull crawlers better than the Mutos? Their we'll name with, definitely not. We'll start with the uh, we'll start with DNA gaming. What what do you guys think? Why? I say yeah, but only because. You just wanted to say yeah. No, <laughs> I like. I I don't know. I thought the Muto were weird, but that's that just yeah. <laughs> Go away. You've been bothering me the whole time. I I guess I like the and now this is going to be contradict. I like the weirdness of the skull crawlers. I I don't know. I don't know. I just think don't ask me. Just say, you don't need an excuse. Just say hey, I like these hey, guys. Can better. you vote on what what you think? You're like, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I think maybe yes, no. All right. What do you think? What do you think? Uh, uh, oh no, go. Uh, oh, we're probably yeah, go a split decision. Okay, sorry. I was like, I have an opinion on this matter. Yeah, go go ahead. Um, I think the skull crawlers, while not as dynamic for having the relationship the Mutos have as yeah. like a core element of the film, I think like design wise combat wise everything i like the skull crawlers better they actually appear more in the film franchise than the mutos do technically they appear more and um little trivia here i wanted to throw out earlier the skull crawler design i got i got i was trying to figure out where to factor this in don't worry let's knock something over um if you remember the old 33 kong movie or you probably remember from 2005 the old um the log scene, the log bridge scene where Kong like knocks the log bridge off with everybody's on it. And they yep. fall down into the pit with the spiders in the 2005 yeah, yeah, movie. Yeah. Yep. Well, that in the original 33 movie where he was knocking people off that bridge, the main guy swings down to a little area underneath the side of the bridge yep. to like hide from Kong. Kong's like trying to reach at him or whatever. Yeah. Well, underneath of him climbing up one of the vines is a lizard that's just got two forearms, no back legs climbing up. That was the original uh, concept oh, for the skull really crawler cool. from, ni- from 1933. He took that design for a creature that just appeared like two seconds in the movie, and that was the base. That's, of the that's skull really crawler. cool. I, I like, yeah. That's awesome. All right. So, yeah, that's it. Yeah, skull crawler is skull. So, 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 you're th- so you're saying skull crawler is better than Mutos. Gotcha. Yes. Right. So, we got, we got one vote for yes, one vote for. So, are you saying no? I like the skull crawlers better than the Muto. Okay, so we got two for yes. Chat, I'm sorry if you don't agree, but we're doing a vote based on the four of us here. So if it doesn't go your way, that's just how this game works. <laughs> Nemesis hit me. All right, so I the only thing I have to say is that the name Muto or Muto and Skull Crawler, I like the name is more catchy as Muto, but for the actual creature itself, I think the Skull Crawlers for me is I, I like it more. Oh boy. I think it's. I just I like the name Muto, like uh, Skullcrawler. I feel like it was okay. So you're saying Muto? Is, you're saying Muto? No, I'm saying Skull. I like Skullcrawlers okay, more. I like just the skull don't like the. Na- I just don't like the name as much as Muto. Um, this is a toss-up. I think it, they're kind of even. Um, I think the Skullcrawlers are really cool. I like the design of them. Um, I love the the whole backstory of like what they're doing and like Kong having to protect this the island from them. Um, the Mutos, I think, are 
are a lot more menacing because they're bigger and they cause more destruction. Um, and so I, I, I'll be the outlier here. I'll just, I'll say Muto. I'll, I'm going to say Muto over uh, Skullcrawlers, but it's going to buy a very small margin, but it doesn't matter because I'm outbeat three to one. So right now the list for bad Kaiju is at number one is Skullcrawlers. Number two is Muto's, but that could change next week because we got a lot but we have one that will be the king of the bad kaiju no pun intended so i hope you guys are excited um it's all about kevin yes and last but not least (laughs) let's vote on the film so right now our only movie on the list is godzilla at number one what are your guys thoughts on if is Kong Skull Island better than Godzilla? By far. Dan, would you stop it? <laughs> By far, away. The, the thing I'm gonna I'm gonna say about this, I'll do a quick quick synopsis. Why I think it's better is it's it's a short movie. It's shorter than 2014. It's like yes. just under two hours, which I think is perfect for these kind of movies. Yeah, uh, not everything two and a half three hours. Yep. But I think the thing I like about it is it starts off as this expedition. You get a really good build up to it at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Um. All the characters I think are strong, even though I know you don't like Samuel L. Jackson, but he did his damn job good for you to fucking hate him. So, like, he yeah. did a good job. A villain could be just unmemorable, and you just not care. Right. Um, I love all the characters in this movie for the most part. And, like, once it got to the island, like, it was just, like, pretty much nonstop action. I think the flow was great, and I think this is the reason why it needs to be number one. I like what he said. I like it. Right. I, I feel like I can't say it much better because I feel uh, the same way. But. It's going to be unanimous. I definitely, this is, I mean, at the end of this, this is going to be, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but yeah, this is this is definitely better than Godzilla. Like every point that you had, Dan, was r- nailing it right on the head. Um, yeah, Samuel L. Jackson. Listen, I say I disliked his character, but it's Samuel L. Jackson. I can't hate Samuel yeah. L. Jackson. Like, I love, just, I love awesome. Samuel L. Jackson. Um, but it, I, I, it also, I, I also, I also feel that as memorable to me as some other ones that he's done. Um, but yeah, the, but the more, the more we talk about it though, it's like, I hate his character in the movie, but I feel like it, it, it now that we talk about it, it, I think they did that on purpose. Cause look at us talk about how much we hate him, but we're not, you know, it catches your eye, you know, like his yeah. character caught catches your eye. Cause right. it, it gives you a reason to talk about him. Yeah, I agree. All right, so right now, so the list now is Kong Skull Island at number one and Godzilla 2014 number two. But that could all change next week. As next week, we review Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Boy, I'm excited to watch this movie for a third time in the last, like, three weeks. <laughs> I, definitely have to, I definitely have to rewatch Chat, it. It's been remember, a little while. Every week on the Saturday night before we review the movie, we will I will be doing a movie or a, a movie night over on uh, the XP fam discord. Uh, I'll be throwing the movie on there. If you guys want to hop in and watch it, it'll be there. If you don't, it's all good, but I wanted to throw it up for anyone who is interested in seeing the movie that we will be reviewing. So you guys could talk and chat or whatever. Uh, but yeah, that will be, uh, I'll just throw it up there. If you guys want to join the uh, discord, I will throw that in chat. Now click on that link. If you want to join in and watch it next week, but we will be back here next Sunday at 8 30 PM Eastern time to talk about Godzilla King of the monsters. I hope you all had a great time. Thank you so much for being here again. 
I'm Brown. Thanks for for hanging out and chatting. And I, yeah. uh, uh, it was great having you here and throwing some knowledge in here. Um, Thunder Ronan and dropping those ten biddies and Defiant Spartan. Thank you for the follow. I appreciate it. Um, but yes, thanks again, everybody. Thanks to DNA Gaming for being here. Thank you. Can't wait to have you guys on next week. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll see you all again soon. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye.